Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Offsted, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers, here to talk Seahawks football. Fun, fun show today. Plan for you. We are doing our final mock draft of the mock draft season uh, prior to the NFL draft. Um, lots of fun players to talk about, I'm sure. Uh, both Keith and I brought in our own independent mocks. I have no idea what uh, Keith's strategy was or which players he was looking for. Uh, neither does Keith on, on mine. Uh, the only thing I know about your draft is that you had three trades and I had three trades, but I don't know anything else. Which usually our rule is two. We didn't explicitly say that when we were planning this show, um, but I found myself um, making a third and I'm thinking, well, Bill's probably going to break the rules anyway. Um, <laughs> and so right. I thought it would be okay. Um, yeah, we just didn't have any rules. We didn't even talk about how we were going to do this, but um, yeah. So we kind of came in with a similar uh, thought process, and, and we'll just see how it goes. Um, I I moved off of five. So, so did, I. did you? Okay. Where did you end down, up? I moved down from five um, to pick seven, and I got a second round pick number thirty eight uh, to do so. Um, okay. So you said you moved down from five to seven. Yep. And I picked, picked up, up a, a second round pick. Yeah. Picked up. Um, Second and round I, pick, pick thirty-eight. Okay, so and I I moved to uh, to nine. So or actually, I moved to six, but I also had a um, a second trade before I made my selection. So I, my first trade was 
moving off five, uh, just back one spot to six. Um, and um, I Could received the from Detroit. Um, uh, they moved up to take. I don't have that information. Um, okay. But I would imagine I would imagine it was uh, Witherspoon or something something like that. Um, so, but I received uh, pick number fifty five and pick number one fifty two from Detroit, um, and then Detroit received round three, pick number eighty three as as well as the fifth. So I kind of swapped them um, uh, number eighty three for number fifty five plus a fifth round pick. And but I moved again. I moved back to uh, uh, with Chicago at nine, picked up a fifty three and a one hundred three from Chicago, and they received a one twenty three from from me for doing that. So um, I don't pick until nine. But so you're first. So I moved back off of seven because the way the oh. draft fell. No, sorry, I moved back off five to two seven because the way the draft <clears throat> fell. Um, I was sitting there looking at a bunch of guys that I would have liked. Um, and so I went ahead and moved back and ended up with Anthony Richardson quarterback um, there at seven. So nice. Wow. So that's a, that's a big strategy shift from, from what I did. Uh, tell me about your process there. Well, it comes down to ultimately you only end up in the top part of the, the draft very often. Uh, John Snyder said that. And so um, when I was looking at it, I mean, you had um, Jalen Carter and uh, Anthony Richardson, um, both available. The Will Levis was there if, I, if I'd really screwed this up um, and and was like, OK, I'm just going to move down and, and we'll take who is uh, available when they get there. And, um, you know, the it just worked out. Richardson was was still sitting there. And so I went ahead and, and selected him after picking up another second round pick. Nice. This is, I have to tell you, this is one of my proudest moments as a uh, draft analyst, quote unquote, um, because uh, I predicted, I think in January, Keith, that I would get you to move from your no Anthony Richardson stance. Uh, and that was even considering him in the second round at the time to uh, <laughs> having Anthony Richardson move up in this draft and, and be one of the top quarterbacks. And you were like, no way, that's not going to happen. And have you select him at this seven isn't the overall first, this in your isn't mock the first draft? Time. This, this isn't is the first wonder, time. This is just—I can't even believe it. He—that's um, he, where he's being taken. That's where all the teams are looking at him. I mean, I'm—I'm um, I'm, I'm having fun with it. I'm—I I love that selection. I do because I—I I agree with you. I think that that he's worthy of that spot. But you're not talking about a player that's going to impact your roster in 2023. I think moving down and getting him made that pick more palatable for me yeah and i have the same philosophy with another player okay who do you pick at nine so at nine so i moved back you know obviously to six there were as you stated three uh, three players available to me that i really liked and when i was at six those three players were still available and so i went ahead and moved to nine thinking i would get one of them and similar players were available anthony richardson um will levis um Witherspoon was still on the board. I think Terry Wilson, possibly. And so I moved back to nine. And the player that I was really thinking uh, that would that would be possible and I would be comfortable taking at nine was there in Jalen Carter. 
<clears throat> I don't know where the team stands on Jalen Carter as far as uh, being uh, on their board, off their board, whether they would be uh, willing to take him at five as is, or whether they need to drop back a little bit in order to be comfortable because they're uh, getting additional draft capital. Plus, they have the pick at 20. So Jalen Carter's the pick at nine. He's the best player on the board. Um, and and you just got to mitigate the risk a little bit, and they did that. So Carter at nine made uh, a lot of sense for me. I really like that pick. Um, just dominant player. So after moving down from five to seven, I had to move back up for off 20. Oh, okay. So I, I jumped from 20 up to 18. Um, and I gave up, um, pick 151 to do so. I was expecting to have to give up uh, a fourth round pick, but Detroit was like, they just wanted 151. So I went ahead and moved up. Um, happy to do that. And I took Nolan Smith, the, um, edge That's slash great. linebacker slash yeah. everything, uh, athlete out of Georgia, um, super uber athlete. Um, like 30 pounds bigger than um, uh, Jamal Adams, but runs and is like more athletic than Jamal. <laughs> so uh, to me, the, that was a guy that I wanted to come out of this draft with. And nice. I was willing to move up. I actually didn't expect, I thought he would go around 12 um, and that was going to be too much of a, but when I saw him at 15, I was like, okay, hit the pause button so I can yes. get a trade going. And it ended up, it was going fast enough. It ended up at 18, but he was still there, moved up, got the trade, um, got the guy. That's, that's a great move. You know, there, I've done a, a quite a few uh, simulations where I do that, where I, where I will look at who's available at 15, 16 and make a decision whether I'm going to move up or not, or I'm going to stay and try to figure out if, if somebody stays there. And often it just doesn't happen. It doesn't break that way for me. So I think moving up strategically, is a, is a good move you don't have to give up a lot to get the player that you want i think that's a, a good move i would move up a little bit for skaronsky i would move up a little bit for nolan smith maybe maybe Najigba if how they feel about him if he's still on the board um or, or possibly a corner uh but nolan smith there is is outstanding knock that out of the park i ended up staying in this draft staying at 20 i had already moved back off the other one uh quite a bit so i was comfortable staying there at 20 and then I dropped back again uh, because there were all the players that I really coveted at 20 and earlier were off the board. Mm. And I was comfortable with the next set of uh, players that I had similar grades on between 20 and 30 or 20 and 35 um, and knew that uh, what my strategy was going to be if I had a short drop back. So I did. I traded out of um, 20 to back to 23 received a late third round pick number 87 overall from Minnesota, Minnesota moves up. I moved back to 23 and I went and got the player that I was wanting to get in Mozzie Smith. Now Mozzie Smith is normally a guy that's going to be going, I think in the first round, mm -hmm. uh, late in the first round and possibly holding on until the early second round. I knew that he probably wouldn't be there for me at 37. And so this is a player I just went and got. Um, some people are going to say it's a slight reach. I don't think so. It's a perfect fit in Seattle's defense as, as their nose tackle that can do a little extra. He's athletic enough where he can move around a little bit for you. So he can do the year, year zero to one. 
uh, tech most of the time. So I thought the scheme diversity was there um, and, and a player that I think is a. Yeah. So then the next pick would be 37. Um, I did not move off that spot. Um, I actually have picked 37 and 38 because of my early uh, trade down. Um, but in, in 37, I want, I know that we talked about it in our last show. The biggest priority is defensive line. You got to get a guy. You got Mozzie Smith. I missed out on Mozzie Smith in order to get Nolan Smith. Um, but I, at 37, could not wait anymore. I went and got Kalijah Cansey, uh, the defensive uh, tackle out of Pittsburgh. He's a little short, um, and but is explosive, athletic, um, uses that natural lever- leverage by, you know, that comes from being short. Um, and I just think he's going to be a great, you know, interior guy and, and um, went with that pick. I love that pick. I mean, it's kind of like your Puna Ford thing where it's easy, it's a shorter guy, six, six, one, uh, and weighs less than, you know, 300 pounds, uh, coming into the league. And, uh, if you miss out on Jalen Carter, uh, can't see the next guy up as far as, um, on, on the big board in that. Um, and I really like the, um, the player. I would be surprised. I would be shocked if he's really there at 37. I think he's going to go a little earlier in the draft because it's a, it's a position where it, you've got a little shortage in in high end talent, and he's a player I think that's probably going to go in the twenties somewhere. I think, but um, if he's there at thirty seven, you know, and Seattle did not go with Jalen Carter, and he's sitting there, I think he would be the pick for sure. Yeah, who'd you get at thirty seven? I got Drew Sanders, linebacker out of Arkansas, and and the reason I was I was looking at a couple different linebackers at this spot, um, and the reason that I went with Drew Sanders was uh, positional value-wise and big board-wise. He was just a little higher on my board than a couple of other players. And I, I like the scheme diversity that he brings. He, he's very athletic, sideline to sideline speed, agility. He can play uh, two different spots for you if you need him to, uh, not only in the middle in a 3-4, but he can also go uh, off the edge for you, put his hand in the dirt as a as a probably a seven tech to nine tech guy on the outside. He can blitz for you. He's going to be able to uh, cover um, tight ends and running backs out of the backfield. Uh, just an overall solid player at that spot where Seattle needs depth, not necessarily starters this year. And he's kind of fits in right away as a guy that's going to have nice rotational minutes. Cool. I like that pick. Um, kind of wish I'd made that pick. Uh, I didn't at 38, which, you know, like I said, I had two picks in a row. I went um, with a center and it's a guy that you and I keep mocking to Seattle over and over again, John Michael Schmitz. Um, Maybe a reach there by some people's standards. I would not be surprised to see Seattle grab him uh, in that spot uh, simply because he's the best in the, the, in the draft and the guy that the team needs the most. So interesting. uh, John Michael Schmitz at 38. I love that pick. I've tended lately to to trend towards Tipman um, in this area, in this spot. It, it might be a little early for him, but I think for Seattle, it might be a better prospect because he's younger and um, athletically, athletic-wise, he's he's still super athletic. At 52 now, I've, I've gone down from, you know, you uh, mentioned 38 there. I'm now at 52, uh, Seattle's native pick. Um, I went with Luke Weipler, the center from Ohio State. Now, mm-hmm. he's not as um, coveted 
as Schmitz or uh, as Tipman, and he might be available a little later in the draft, but he's there. He's in this range of between 50 and 75 uh, on big boards where I think he's going to be taken. I think the position is coveted because obviously you're taking Schmitz early. I think Tipman comes off the board before Weipler, and then it's Weipler. Um, and, uh, and then Cody Mock. And, and Cody Mock sitting there, and there's a couple of uh, Steve Avilia, a couple other players that could play center. Um, but but he's my guy. I think he's a perfect fit in Seattle's scheme for what they want. No, I like it. I like that pick too. So I actually moved off 52. This is my third and final trade. Um, mainly just because uh, the Eagles offered me uh, pick 94 if I would move all the way down from 52 to 62. So I moved back 10 spots, but got a got a top 100 pick. Nice. Um, and I picked, I, picked, I picked two picks. I have two picks before that, actually. Go for it. Because of my trades. Mm-hmm. So I had 55, or excuse me, 53 right after 52 and 55. Um, so my first pick at 53 right after Luke Weipler was the edge uh, rusher Derek Hall out of Auburn. Now, if you go look at Derek Hall on his athletic profile, he's just a beast. He's one of the he's one of the most athletic edge players in this draft. Uh, came in with an athleticism score of uh, next gen stat as second overall in this draft class, um, with a very high score, 6'3", 254 pounds. He's a perfect edge player, um, 34 inch arms, um, super athletic. Ran a four five five forty. I think he's totally undervalued in this draft. Uh, if you take a look at big boards, he's in the 50s, 60s, 70s sometimes. Uh, sometimes he's getting pushed back into the into the draft when you do mocks into the uh, late third round. I think he's probably a second-round player in this draft, and I'm really excited to get him because he kind of rounds out my defensive line um, class that I'm coming out of the draft with. I got Jalen Carter and then Mozzie Smith. Now I've got my edge guy and Derek Hall. It's not a huge priority for Seattle, but he was the best player on the board at that at that time, and and I'm real happy with the pick. Cool. And then what's your other pick? Fifty at fifty five. Fifty five. Um, this is now my uh, you know another trade uh, pick uh, that I picked up. Um, actually, with my first trade back at uh, with Detroit, dropping back one spot, I picked up that fifty fifth pick, and I chose Julius Brents, the cornerback out of Kansas State. Again, this is best player available on my board and and a position that i wanted to try to upgrade going into the draft um we've talked about our current roster uh quite a bit and i just thought there's a little bit of a weakness there with mike jackson he's under a one-year deal again second year in a row we've got trey brown kobe bryant it's seems like it's an okay future another big physical cornerback a guy that's going to be able to come up and hit you uh, press cover corner as well. Um, can you imagine like Julius Brent's being? Yeah, that would be fun having him opposite Wolin. That that's just that's just too much to uh, ask for. Um, yeah. So okay. So then the next. Pick, and what was your next pick? My next pick is sixty-two. Okay. Um, and with that pick, because I was I moved down from fifty-two to sixty-two, I ended up with Ade Ade. Um, the Ooh, nice. uh, three four and it's listed as edge but he's too big to be a um an outside linebacker um at, at but he's out of northwestern um super athletic 265 pound guy um who can play 
you know, basically the same position as um, Dre Jones um, yeah. or well, yeah, or Jamal right. Taylor. Um, but yeah, he's a pass rusher and a very good one, and a and a um a guy that can come up and be really disruptive on um on the defensive line. Um, and for me, getting um you know Kalijah Kansi for the three and then Adi Adi for the five. To yep. me, that gave me the 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 quality and depth I wanted uh, on the defensive line. I still don't have a nose tackle, um, but yeah, I'm okay with that after getting these two guys. Yeah, Ario Boare is is an amazing physical specimen. Had just blew it out of the park at the Senior Bowl as well as the Combine. Love that pick. I, I mean, he would upgrade that spot rotationally wise and possibly work out. Would it be one of the best? defensive players in the draft i think overall when it's all said and done like five years from now he's got that potential he just needs to kind of find a spot mm-hmm. i think he's a guy he's a guy that you could potentially now he's a shorter guy six two six three right in there uh, but he's got super long length um so frame wise he's got a little bit uh of the ability to add a little bit of weight i think you could uh scheme diversity wise he can be the five but i think you can move him inside and play the three as well uh, rush from the interior. In fact, I think that's where his home is eventually as a as an NFL player long term, just because he's just got the the length and the strength and the and the and the smaller stature to kind of get underneath players leverage wise. So I think he he finds success there for sure. Okay, what's your next pick? Okay, my my next pick is native. Um, no, actually, it's not native. Um, eighty seven. So I, yeah, I this have, is the this is the trade I got from I uh, moving back up twenty. Yeah, off 20 to 23, I picked up Minnesota's uh, third round, 87 overall. So I've got 83 overall. Um, still, that's the native pick. And I went in a similar direction with you went with uh, Julius Brents a couple picks ago. Um, and I went with uh, Tyreek Stevenson, cornerback um, nice. out of Miami. Um, bigger guy, good in press coverage, uh, got some, you know, recovery speed, um, does a is is patient in press coverage which will help him as a snack start teaching him the kick step uh and i just overall think he's a really good fit to be opposite Tariq woolen in this defense nice nice um i had pick 87 and 103 next both were uh traded picks um i came out of the draft with i'm, I'm really happy with these two next picks. uh roshan johnson the running back out of texas i've mm-hmm. i've liked him since the beginning I thought he was a good fit. He's got low miles on the tires, but he's a perfect uh, physical runner uh, that Seattle needs. Uh, we've already got Walker um, to to bounce, kind of a bounce guy. And this is Roshan Johnson. He's gonna be. He's not gonna be bouncy for you. He's gonna be a truck. Uh, so he's gonna run between the tackles and pick up those short yardage uh, situations. He's not gonna have breakaway speed. He's a five or four five guy, but <clears throat> I think he's a he's a he's a great fit in seattle's running back room and at 87 i'm I'm happy for the pick and and then 103 uh i assume i'm the next pick no nope, uh, actually i got 94 but oh you got going. 94 oh go ahead go ahead go ahead <laughs> um 94 which is one of the which is my last um non-native pick so after that's it's just native picks and not even all of them uh because i traded one away but uh at 94 i got tyler scott um, wide receiver out of Cincinnati. He's a little bit shorter at 5'10", uh, a little bit lighter at about 187 pounds, but uh, great speed, fantastic um, 
route tree, uh, very good at getting in and out of his breaks and setting up uh, defenders on there. I think he's a guy that can come in and be everything that the team wanted Dwayne Eskridge to be. Um, right. So, yeah, there's my um, my receiver finally to nice. come in and, and help the uh, receiver room. <laughs> You know, I went with receiver at 103 as well. I was thrilled that Jonathan Mingo was sitting there from Ole Miss. He's the guy that I've been really looking at as far as um, if you take a look at Derek Young on the roster currently, he's kind of a Derek Young kind of player. Got a running back body and a wide re- being able to be a wide receiver. Um, so he's going to be able to systematically do a lot for you. He's a bigger possession style wide receiver. Uh, I think he would compete immediately for that number three spot. Be he'll be on the roster so he's going to get some some looks and some touches 6'2 220 pounds uh athleticism wise he's on the upper end there he ran the 446 so he's got plenty of speed he he has a 40 inch vertical and a 109 broad so he shows that agility and athleticism um he's under underutilized route tree wise and so forth at old miss so he's going to have to develop a little bit that's why he's down in the draft um production wise as well you know under 800 yards receiving not as many touches as you want um but i like the upside of jonathan mingo in this draft i think he probably ends up going higher than 103 i think he uh teams kind of covet that skill set even though he's a little under underdeveloped and uh, i could see him going in the 75 range to be completely honest yeah i would agree with that that's a good pick i like that pick um so the next pick was 123 um and i that's a native seahawk pick um and with this one i got a player that i know you really like um safety lj skinner out of boise state um big guy uh in the box safety but has the speed to also help out in the back end um just a scheme diverse safety that does you know free safety and strong safety stuff but is a big guy he isn't a uh small um strong safety the way jamal adams is where you have to worry about him getting beat up a lot um and i just thought overall this was a great addition to that room and, and really helped add some needed depth because i don't trust adams to stay healthy and if adams um if adams gets injured then they don't have any depth after this the two starters so i um, agree I like he's immediately going to be the most physical safety on seattle's roster um julian loves a, a physical guy but he's a, he's a smaller kind of a hybrid role you've got digs on the back end ryan neal was our most physical safety before he's gone this guy takes ryan neal's spot really he's six three two oh eight he's a he's kind of kind of a uh a, a imposing uh player a guy that likes to come up and be physical and hit so you're going to get that tone setter uh, for your defense here, and and we need that. Um, we just don't have enough players like that on this roster. So I love that pick. Who'd you get at one twenty three? So I I my one twenty three went to a pick swap. So oh. um you know as part of my Chicago trade to go to nine, I swapped uh, one twenty three for one oh three. So I'd already kind of made that oh. pick, but I was okay. uh, I'm back to my native one fifty one. I also have one fifty two. One is uh offensive guard offensive ryan haynes uh from michigan uh he's a guy and um and a half inches in in length 6'6 298 so he's a little bit on the lighter side that's the reason he's available in this draft he's kind of a tweener um so they're going to have to work on his um his functional strength uh and build some some muscle on his frame get him up into the 310 range i would imagine 
um, if they see him playing um, guard. But at that size, he's a he's a very um, uh, athletic guy. His agility is off off the charts, and so he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be able to move around for you in, in that in the scheme that Seattle likes to run uh, with their guards pulling and getting to the second level. And he's kind of in that mold. So it's just a flyer on a guy that, that, that maybe has some upside down the road. I like that pick because I think he can uh, be a backup at four positions for you. There's a lot of value in a, in a guy that's that versatile. And then at 152, uh linebacker, Yusir Abdullah, I became familiar with, uh, with him from Louisville uh, via Keith actually uh, brought him in on a mock draft. Uh, I love you know, that pick. A, a month or so ago, just super athletic, good upside. A guy that I eventually develop into a starter for you, six one seven. Um, he's got some length, great athleticism. Ran a four four seven forty, Keith, uh, as you know. Um, so a guy that's um, you know that's going to be able to drop back into coverage for you, cover some of those quicker tight ends and and, and running backs out of the backfield. Um, a guy that's going to be able to blitz off the edge for you a little bit, just a scheme diverse guy to add to that, um, linebacker room that they seem to be fairly light on, uh, especially in the middle. And so good, good pick. I love that. Um, so then we both have 154. Um, I, uh, took a kind of a project super athlete at the tight in the tight end spot, um, with Zach Kuntz, the tight end oh, out of old dominion. That pick. That's one of my um, favorite guys in this draft. Yeah, he's a guy that athletically looks like he could be a dominant player at the next level, but he's coming out of old dominion, so you're gonna have to gonna have to teach him, um, you know, and and develop him. But just a super athlete, he'll be easily the most athletic of the you know all the tight ends in Seattle's uh, oh, yeah. room. Oh, he looked terrific at the combine. Yeah, and um, Seattle's got three really good tight ends already so it's kind of one of those uh we don't need a guy that guy but the guy's got guys got insane talent so um it was worth pick there and um yeah so nice so uh keith went with a quarterback in the first round with anthony richardson he's got that position of the future all locked up (laughs) for me i didn't do that that wasn't my strategy going in it just wasn't working out for me at the top of the draft and after that it kind of gets squirrely anyway um, but I went ahead with quarterback uh, Clayton Toon out of Houston at 154. Now, a lot of Mac drafts and a lot of big boards have him further down into the close to the 200 range uh, as a player. I don't believe so. I think this is a guy, when you take a look at his physical attributes, the, the second most athletic quarterback in this draft after Anthony Richardson ran a 4.6440 with a 155 split jumps uh 38 inches on the vertical 10-2 broad jump his three cone and, and shuttle times are really good so he's got that athletic ability to kind of move around in the pocket elude fast rushers and get to his spots uh adequate arm strength uh he's not a huge prospect at um six two and a half 220 pounds but he's he's league average and um i don't see him you know coming uh, out and uh, earning a, a you know a starting role or or possibly even displacing Drew Locke this year, but he would be the third quarterback on the roster. I think he'd be good enough maybe to to create that third quarterback on the roster and keep him away from teams on on the practice squad. Um, a guy that they could develop. He looks like a career backup at this point, but you never know. I mean, Brock Purdy was was an example. 
This guy also had some good cognitive scoring on the S2 um, scorecard that that's currently you know in vogue and, and has come out. I think he was the fourth overall quarterback with cognition as far as being able to uh, make reads and uh, adjustments uh, on the fly very quickly and rapidly. So uh, I think it's just a good system kind of a quarterback, not a guy that's going to create a lot on his own, but a, a guy that can run your system really well, avoid turnovers and and kind of work in that space. And that's perfect for a kind of a, a backup role. So he's basically a young Geno Smith. It's it, yeah. Yeah. In <laughs> fact, he comps to Geno Smith. Yeah. Um, I like that. I, that's a, that's an interesting pick. Um, not one that I thought of looking at quarterbacks down in this range. My, uh, you usually go with Dorian Thompson Robinson. Uh, my brain likes Jake Hayner, although I don't think I've actually got him on one of our mocks um at all during this entire um draft season but yeah the, the, interesting there um so my only picks left are 198 and 237 what do you have me me too okay. so go ahead so 198 i went with a project a, um a athletic undersized edge player coming off the end in uh nick hampton um out of appalachian state he's a guy that very productive guy um, very productive. It's hard, you know. Appalachian State's not playing against the strongest uh, competition, though. Uh, but and he's undersized. You you don't want him on the field against the run a lot, or you're gonna have trouble. But as a situational pass rusher, a guy that can come in third and long, late in games when teams are throwing on every down, that type of thing, and he can be productive for you as a rotational piece. Um, and I thought, you know, we're down just before pick two hundred to get a guy that I felt could be productive um, at the next level. Um, and maybe as, you know, he, they add some weight onto his frame and, and, and bulk him up a little bit with some, you know, uh, a pro weight training program that they could get him, you know, maybe where he has a, a bigger uh, role later in his career. But right now, just having another pass rusher that you know can get to the quarterback would be helpful. So at 387, I went with Rashawn Johnson, the running back out of Texas, just kind of a, a, a bigger back, a guy, a physical uh, style runner. At pick 198, considering our running back room is really pretty light. Um, we currently have Ken Walker Jr. and uh, DJ Dallas on the roster. That's it. We don't have any, any other prospects, undrafted or not, on this roster currently. I think Seattle could, in fact, come out of this draft with, with two running backs. They're certainly going to come out of priority free agency with some running backs that are invited to camp. Uh, but I went with Israel Abinakanda out of uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, I thought he's he's really got great value at this spot in the draft. Uh, um, I really like his upside as a physical guy. He's 5'10", 216, right where they like to have their running backs. He's a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield, uh, is very adept at that, and so he's going to give you that um, catching the ball out of the backfield option. I think uh, when you take a look at Dallas, Dallas is in the last year of his contract. This is kind of a hedge on DJ Dallas uh, on the roster, a guy that can kind of take over as the number two guy, possibly number three guy on your roster long-term. So it's a good value pick for me. Cool. So we're down at the very end of the draft, pick 237. You already took your second running back. I have yet to take one because um, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. And so, and down in this range there, honestly, there wasn't many that I liked. Um, but instead, I, what I did is I went 
with um, Northwestern running back Evan Hall. Guy's 240 pounds. He won't make a single person miss. He's not. He he's not 240. Um, he, he's a absolute freight train who runs people over. Um, and he's a fullback more than a than a running back at the next level. Um, special teamer and uh, all of that. Bill's going to tell me that he's found it listed at a lower. When I I looked him up when I was doing this just to make sure I I was thinking of the right guy and I saw two thirty eight. So where are you finding? Because so, I've got um, him at 510-209 on NFL.com. Okay. I had him at yeah. 238 on um um I don't even remember which side I was looking at. Um, but yeah, 238 as a guy that could be a fullback and a um uh just a freight train. And so that's where I was thinking with him. Um if he's not the if he's not that if the the if, uh, the resource <laughs> I was looking at was wrong, yeah. um, which is possible, then I'm like okay, he's I can I can a, read yeah. I can read you uh, the stuff off NFL now, since I'm here because I do like this running back. I just think he's more of a receiver out of the backfield thing for them. Four four seven forty five ten yeah, two nine, which is, which is right in the range where they they like their running backs. He's got some athletic. Uh, uh, profiles that seattle likes it says uh overview this is written by uh lance zerlin uh compact muscular runner with below average explosiveness but decent downhill power hull's lack of suddenness and foot quickness is uh to quickly get in and out of cuts allows the defenders to track him down he needs to play with as much downhill movement as possible so he will be, uh, need a quality offensive line in front of him to succeed very capable route runner and pass catcher but needs to improve in pass protection uh, to be considered a third down option, um, blah, 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 blah. But anyway, uh, he, he's the guy that was in the senior bowl that, um, led the senior bowl in rushing and receiving out of the backfield, I think in, in during the week. Um, so I, I like him. Um, I, I, are you sure you weren't thinking about Rodriguez, the guy from, uh, Kentucky? Maybe. Um, like I said, I looked up, I, I was like, okay, this, like, I, and I think it was on like, you know, draft network or one of those sites and it, that said 238. And I'm like, okay. Um, I was thinking, you know, downhill runner, going to run people over, not going to make a single person miss um, more of a fullback than a running right, back. Right. But Interesting. Uh, ultim ultimately guy who's going to play special teams in that. Now um, in the end, it, that doesn't change. He's still going to be true. Can, can, can play special teams. And if he he's going to make the roster, that's what he's going to have to do. So uh, still, it is a um, a running back at the very last pick because reasons. Because uh, that's that's ones. how you value them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I went with a guy with a lot of upside. Uh, he was sitting there in my mock. I think he's going to end up going a little sooner than that. Is uh, defensive tackle Cameron Young out of uh, Mississippi State. I think this is he was the best player on the board at, by a mile uh, when I made this selection. 6'3", 304. He's got 34 and a half inch arms, so very long interior defender. Uh, good athletic profile. Um, powerful uh, guy. I think he's going to end up being a, a nose tackle in the NFL, so he's going to put on a little bit of weight. Uh, still has the athleticism to kind of um, to develop there. And it's just a, it's a guy you take a flyer on. The guy develops and works. It's great. Pick 237 overall, so if he doesn't make your roster, not that big of a deal. Cool. 
Um, that's your third interior defensive yeah. lineman. It's not. Yeah. Well, yeah. you take a look at the interior uh, defensive line roster that we currently have, and that's <laughs> that's why it's yep. empty. I got two um, on mine, and they, but they were both early in Kalijah Kansi and uh, Adi Adi, mm -hmm. um, both in you know uh, at thirty-seven and sixty-two. So yeah, I uh, I agree. It's it's a, it's the team's biggest need, and they need to double up. So the cool thing is, and and Seahawks fans should can should like both these drafts. You went quarterback early, and it didn't impact the rest of your draft as far as getting the kind of guys that you think Seattle needs on the roster. I went quarterback later. And I, and I similarly, um, you know, wasn't impacted by that. And I still got a developmental quarterback, you know, it's not so urgent now that we've got Gino under contract for two or three years, Drew Locke's back. There's no urgency there. If, if, if quarterback doesn't fall for you in the draft, it's okay. We just, we kind of pass on that. We, we approach that next year, we trade or whatever happens. We've got some flexibility there. So I like both of our drafts in that you're set now. You've got that quarterback in the future. We don't have to address that in the coming years. We develop that. It's cool. You still got your defensive linemen. You've got some other prospects that are, that are really nice. I like my draft because I took a chance on Jalen Carter. If he turns out, he's a home run, you know, at, at pick nine overall in the draft. He could potentially be the best player out of this draft. Mozzie Smith. I got my center. You got your center. I got an edge rusher, I got a corner, you know, some running backs, a wide receiver I like. So I'm happy with my draft. The cool thing is I really like both the drafts and and that to me is the best news out of this this mock cycle that we just did because I think no matter what, Seattle's going to end up having a heck of a draft with adding a ton of players. You and I didn't have any crossovers at all, if if I remember correctly. Not in this one. And so that tells you and I came out of this with 13 players. I think you had 12. Um, you end up with a ton of prospects that could fit into the system and help this team. And so it's going to be super fun, super fun yeah. draft. I ended up with 11, but I have seven in the top 100. Nice. Because of all, because of how the trades work. Yeah, I um, ended up with seven in the top 100, but I also had pick 103. So I ended up with yeah. eight players in the top 103, which, wow. Yeah. Um, I gave up one of those in order to move up and get Nolan Smith. Um, yeah. and honestly, that's worth it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I agree with you. I, I like both drafts. I love the fact that you got Jalen Carter, um, and we're able to get, you know, all sorts of, um, in the trenches, uh, help. And, and that's where, where this team needs stuff the most. Um, I like the fact that, you know, both of our, our teams, our, our drafts were defense heavy. Um, on a team that needs defensive help, like not just up front, but all over. Um, both got linebacker help. We both got multiple guys on the defensive line. Uh, you got a, you know, six, four corner and I got a big time, uh, six, three safety, um, to add to the back end. We both went defensive heavy and I think you're adding enough young, hungry talent to an already fairly young defense. This is going to either one of these drafts would set up Seattle's defense to be good this year and great moving forward. Agreed. Fun show. Fun. All right. Let's get out of here. Uh, just for anyone that's still hanging around listening to the show, uh, Keith and I are going to do a guest appearance on Seahawks Forever podcast with uh, Dan Viennes. Dan uh, started with uh, had, had the Field Goals podcast. It's the same feed. It's under his own brand now, Seahawks Forever. Uh, 
he's been uh, very successful right out of the gate. So uh, getting to uh, record on Dan's show, longtime friend of our show, um, and we've uh, guested back and forth uh, for the last uh, six, seven years and uh, got his start uh, writing for Keith at um, 12th okay. Mountain Rising. And so that'll be a, a fun reunion show. It's a it's a complete draft preview show. I anticipate that we're going to need food and snacks and, and, and a beverage cooler next to us because that show could run like two and a half, three hours. <laughs> so I hope you don't have any plans with your family or, or whatever. We're recording uh, Monday at five. I think Keith or uh, Dan normally live streams these things so look out for the live stream on seahawks forever podcast on youtube um, or twitter and uh, look forward to that for sure cool all right let's get out of here find keith on twitter at myers nfl you can find me at nw seahawk the show is uh seahawks playbook podcast on youtube we've got our own channel go check that out hit the subscribe button make sure you share and uh, we'll see you next time go hawks go hawks Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.